Hello, hello. It looks like we are live. And uh, a few minutes ago, I was in the wrong stream, but I'm in the right one now. Yay. That's so awesome. And uh, I have the enormous pleasure of hosting Mr. Miguel Connor, the host of Ion Byte Gnostic Radio. And uh, I wonder if we should just chat for a minute or two, let a few people come on and then I'll do an official introduction because otherwise they're going to uh, miss that good part. And so how the same way with YouTube live, it's almost like you got to wait for five minutes before people show up. I guess it's yeah. good for the, the people who watch it afterwards, but for live. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it, it's funny because I have this thing when I give classes or I give, uh, you know, uh, coaching calls and that kind of thing. I like to start right to the minute. There's something about that perfect timing. And uh, and yet everybody takes a little moment to, you know, who knows about the notifications that come through. And uh, so, yeah, don't like to leave them in the, in the dust. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, for those of anybody who's already listening, welcome Jasmine, Kelly F.V., Jennifer M is here in the chat already. If you didn't catch it, last night I interviewed Dean Gunnarsson, who is the world's most acclaimed escape artist. And uh, holy mackerel, have I had some revelations since then, Miguel. It, uh, it, he is talking about his career. I actually met him when I was 17. So I, he's, he's from here in my hometown. And uh, he's also been very much starting to be active after six years of a, a kind of hellish divorce and being completely alienated from his children. He has not seen his children for three years and neither the grandparents and uh, the, the, the new man in the picture of, of the, the woman uh, actually attacked him, uh, physically beat him. He, 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 luckily he got arrested for that. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, a wild situation out there, very epidemic and, one that I think many people find themselves in because the families are getting so broken right now. And I just had this massive revelation on it. So stay tuned, everybody, for the uh, the re revelations coming down the line that uh, point towards the hero's journey and not towards our own individual um, you know, pursuits and desires and all that kind of thing, which is not wrong. But this is bigger. So... Anyway, um, Miguel, welcome so much to this. Uh, welcome to this this uh, edition of the King Heroes Journey podcast. If anybody's not familiar, I have interviewed Miguel on his King Heroes Journey already. So I'd invite you to go back to the broadcast here on my channel on on YouTube and on Facebook. And in the meantime, today we are going to talk about finding Hermes, which is really a uh, an amazing discovery for me through Miguel, having been able to look in in a in a, uh, a close and deep way. If you don't know Miguel already, he is uh, a self-proclaimed garage philosopher, hedge theologian, and general madman across the waters. <laughs> I remember when I first started tuning into Ion by Gnostic Radio, and uh, I, I actually, I'll just admit to you right now, Miguel, that I, I thought like, oh, this is creepy. I've actually found it creepy because your introductions are so uh, full of drama in, in all the best way. You're, you're playing up the emotional elements and really getting that, uh, you know, the, the waters churning and moving. 
And it took me a little while to really get your vibe, but I stuck with it. And now your podcast is the one that I turn to when I feel like I can't get myself out of a pickle that there, I, I can't change my state. I can't use all the tools that not only I have, but I teach and uh, they don't come through, but somehow now hearing your voice, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like this. So, my, my wife and kids only felt the same. <laughs> there you go. Well, sometimes it's the people closest to you that are not going to get it. And that's actually a little clue into the revelation that I'm having. And, uh, and more and more, I'm realizing how it's not actually necessary. It's really part of the hardship that gets created that makes you dig and, and find out who you actually are and the meaning of your life. So God bless all those ones close to us that don't get it. Um, just to go on with your introduction here, he, he, uh, he says his life quest is to take his audience from ancient connections to modern meaning. And as a wise meme once said, don't be the change you want to see, see in the world. Be the strange you want to see in the world. <laughs> so I love this. You have such a unique flavor to your work. It's really, there's nobody else on earth could do your work. Uh, so we're going to be talking about about Hermes, finding Hermes. And uh, we'll talk a lot about this now, you know, just for anybody who's not familiar, Hermes is the Olympian deity in ancient Greek religion and mythology, considered the herald of gods, the winged messenger of the gods, uh, a divine trickster, god of roads, flock, commerce, thieves, uh, thieves even, language, astrology, astro uh, uh, astronomy, gymnasiums, that was interesting to find, writing, diplomacy, and um, the guide of the dead who led souls down into the underworld. He was depicted as either a handsome and athletic beardless youth or an older bearded man with winged boots and, and a herald's wand. So, hello, Miguel. Would you like to say a little bit uh, more about yourself, anything that I haven't already said, and start to introduce this Finding Hermes? No, I think you went down it. God, I, have, I rarely look at that information. I need to find some new taglines, which is always a good challenge to find new ones. But uh, yeah, Hermes is obviously, I would say, much more than the wiki answer. And I would say we are officially in the age of Hermes. And I'd like to make that argument as we move along in this podcast. Um, but finding Hermes, probably like with everything, the seeds of our victory and the seeds of our destruction are planted long before we are even conscious of certain things, uh, which kind of plays into my whole theory. And that is, um, it, this was years ago, I was reading a book by Richard Smoley, The Dice Game of Shiva. And Richard does an excellent job trying to understand consciousness from East to West and how different uh, philosophers and cultures deal with uh, consciousness. And he has one part, very small part, that just stayed with me. And he simply wrote, uh, Hermes is the god of the mind, but he's the god of tricks. The Greeks did this on purpose. And it just stayed with me because I, I realized, well, that's 100% true. I mean, when you look at the dual aspect of Hermes, if we see Hermes as the mind, the universal mind, the logos figure, the human mind, he's right. Because 
on one end we are rational creatures on the other hand on the other end we're basically insane flip of a switch shadow and light i mean yeah. it's incredible how we can uh find all these discoveries create all this art but at the same time we can be completely dysfunctional destructive and self-destructive uh there is that dual aspect of Hermes, the insanity and the sanity, the, the mind and the dysfunctional mind. And you wonder, well, why would this happen? Why, why, are, why are we humans like that? I mean, there's obviously evolutionary theories. Uh, human beings are the only animal who perceives the world or who forms ideas about the world. We perceive the world through our minds and not through our bodies. We have to have a consensus on reality or we cannot function or we cannot function at times. Uh, we are the only animal who can go completely mad and sometimes even in large numbers. We can be on a personal level. We can all of us have been deceived uh, uh, by our own thinking. We've projected. We've been completely wrong and then had some revelation is like, how did I believe that all these years? On a mass level, it's the same. I mean, we all know scientifically that ideas can be viral. There's uh, when that song played in what Hungary in the 50s, Blue Monday, I believe, and there was a, a an effect of suicides. And uh, obviously, the the original idea of memes, like Richard Dawkins talk about, mind viruses that get spread and habits get spread. So it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a conundrum. And again, I just mentioned why, and obviously human beings, we are, our gift or the way we survive is through patterns. Uh, we don't, we weren't given, even the Greeks joke about how Zeus gave the lion claws and gave the eagle wings and we humans will, we didn't get shit, except maybe we got Hermes, we got the mind. So one of the ways we survive throughout history is by creating patterns. So we don't go <clears throat> around in the jungle hunting, but we may look at uh, a bush and we see it moving. We also see that the birds are flying over it. We see it's a certain time of day. So we put these patterns together and we go, ah, there's a predator in that bush. That's how we were been able to survive. And um, it was um, as Eckhart Tolle wrote in his book, The Power of Now, we are eternal problem solvers and there was a time when we had to be solving problems 24 7 to survive out there in the jungle or the wilderness or the desert the problem is that with invention with civilization we've been able to become more safe live longer and be healthier but our minds are still in that pattern they were 10 20 000 years and that solving patterns that hyper stress so that may be causing a lot more damage for uh, modern humanity because again, we haven't really slowed our mind. And even then we're always gonna be the kind of uh, being who is uh, again, forming patterns, uh, having to have a consensus reality with others of our tribe in order to survive. So these issues, uh, so the Hermes thing really, uh, it confounded me because it's the great mystery. So I thought uh, I was, doing a on by doing very well and i thought well why don't uh why don't i find out what the deal is with hermes why are human minds so messed up the dualistic part of it and i sort of uh, thought of this podcast uh probably last year 
Um, really didn't talk about, mention it to a couple of friends. Um, and I said to, and I thought to, well, also we can agree that traditional forms of uh, psychotherapy, therapy, spirituality have failed us. I think we can pretty much agree to that. Yeah, psychology decided to go the behavioral route after Jung and Adler and Freud. So we started treating behavior. And yes, maybe that made wars a little bit better. Maybe that made other things better. But I think humanity is more dysfunctional and uh, uh, than it has been in a lot, in, well, probably forever. So the traditional ways have pretty much failed. I said, well, maybe I can offer guests and my own ideas on alternative ways to deal with mental health, addiction, and other issues that uh, could give uh, the listener more choices and they can see that there's much more out there. Plus show them that the human mind is just not the ego. It's not not just the part of our, uh, our, our brain that perceives reality and creates identity, but that our minds are vast uh oceans or kingdoms with many rooms and these rooms are all speaking to us and sending us energies and absorbing things so it would be a good idea to show the the viewer or the listener that there is so much more to our minds that basically our ego what we perceive as the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more that we can tap into for healing for understanding past trauma for understanding the trauma of our ancestors for finding different ways to view reality or cope with reality so needless to say, uh, with the uh, with the pandemic, it became pretty obvious I needed to pivot towards this finding Hermes a lot faster because in this year, uh, and it has only just begun as research as, as research has told us, but uh, um, mental illness, addiction, suicide, depression are just ballooning, and this is just the beginning of this pain. So I thought my contribution would be to provide the world finding Hermes so that people find their mind in this age of Hermes. Amazing. Wow. So powerful. Um, I'd love to go back to what you said about patterns, because that's where, um, you know, our, our, that's what our minds do. They're, they're constantly hunting for patterns. They, they might be, like you say, uh, a little pullback from our past they're hunting for negative patterns. They're looking for threats. It's, it, it's a constant vigilance trying to identify that. And as a result, patterns, I think, have shown up as a kind of enemy in our life that we're forever going like, oh, my God, did I say that again? Did I do that again? Did Is I she get gonna break up with me? Am I going to get fired because they're having a meeting in the hallway? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And finding the same patterns over and over again, despite trying to leave the circumstance that you think was the cause of the pattern, not having necessarily the wisdom to look into the mind itself and what that is. And then and then look at the way the the um, you know, so just to finish that thought that the patterns actually become your path to freedom. They, they, they are not your enemy. They are keep they keep showing you what stands in the way of your freedom. So it's uh, it's really great news. And then uh, I'd love you to even say more just about how this has been capitalized by the powers that ought not to be in our world, especially right now in our in our day and age, how it's taken that, it, you know, inherent or 
you know, is it instinctual pattern recognition and, and twisted and, and turned it and left us with this sense that we are, I want to say too many things at one time here, but just left us in, in, a, in a state of feeling lost and needing to turn towards authority to, to bring the order to the, the chaos. Yeah, well, what I would like to say is uh, I think people really have to understand the vastness of our minds and how much of us is unconscious and going on at all times. I mean, I know scientism and atheism and the behavioral psychology is just sort of thought that this is it. My ego is everything. But that is patently not true. I mean, because the powers that be know that we have unconscious desires. They know that we act and react through patterns, through certain symbols. They know that there are certain buttons they can press from a from the way we were brought up as a culture, uh, our gender, whatever. So they know this and they've been using that against us, well, for a long time, but they've certainly really weaponized it in the 20th century. And uh, this continues. I mean, you and I are in, were in marketing or are in marketing, we know you, we don't market to somebody's ego. We market to their subconscious. We try to find their fears and we try to tweak their fears and desires. Sometimes, and you and I know this, we marketers are black magicians because we will create fears and implant them on people. Exactly. So I think it's extremely important that we now realize that the vastness of our minds and that there's so much going on under the hood that we don't know so we need to have a dialogue with our psyche or we need to find our hermes because it is uh, going on at all times and if we can know ourselves have a dialogue with our psyche we can find the energies the solutions the issues we need to deal with and the clarity to deal with all the propaganda information that's being thrown at us, as well as uh, all the you know triggers that we all have, which are mo 99% of them are, are done unconsciously. We don't know why something happened, but it goes very, it goes a lot deeper than the actual whatever triggered us. Exactly, and I feel inspired to say how the new age movement that has co-opted a lot of spirituality has got to this got us to this place where we feel like we need to be positive we need to express this you know much more uh godly side if you could call it that and uh pretend that the shadows aren't there right so it sends us all if off into a place of denial where like you say that unconscious is so big and it, and it ends up with way more power over us when we are in denial i just by the way as a, an aside i was reading the show notes in jason goodman's show when i was talking about this exact thing that most of us i hazarded a guess that like 95% of us is in the unconscious that's what makes this discovery so vast and oh my gosh people hated people hated that you should see the the vitriol that came forward they were so mad at me and and like just taking me down the other side of his audience they actually flooded in my door so there was a love hate kind of thing going on there but uh we we you know it why do you think we're so um it's so difficult to get into the unconscious that it, it represents such an enemy oh because it's it is the underworld it is hades but it is a hades that leads to heaven or as you would call it individuation i understand why people are mad i go well 
when I hit 50, I was like, well, I think I know Miguel and this is Miguel all there is. And then I'm like, holy shit, I've got 1% of Miguel that I know. And there is so much more, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a worthy journey. I mean, uh, I think uh, I always like to uh, quote James True said, uh, the war today isn't between good versus evil. It's between you and the lack of you. And as Jung said, the privilege of a lifetime is to finally know your authentic self. Uh, he even said, uh, we don't come here to be good. We came here to find who we really are. When we know ourselves, as you speak about, we will know our sacred duty, our sacred journey. All will become clear, but it's a hard journey. And that's why I really uh, uh, associate with Hermes. Like you said, Hermes is the god of uh, the, the, the one who takes you to the underworld. He is the god of doorways. The door hinge belongs to Hermes. He is the god of transition. And I'm not just talking about uh, my, I'm talking about the entire world, this age we are, because this is the perfect age for Hermes. He's, we are in a huge transition. We are in a time where reason and insanity really are, are locking horns. And uh, from our governments to our families, everything seems to be in a in a very strange transition and there's a lot of trickery out there but hermes is also the god of alchemy he's the god of astrology of magic he is the one he is the one that helps the the thieves and the merchants the entrepreneurs or the spiritual entrepreneurs to sort of find their way so he's a perfect god for this world and certainly the perfect god to lead you down into the vastness of your mind and find out, the, like you said, the shadows, the ghosts, uh, the trauma, which all of us have from a collective and a personal, even ancestral trauma that we need to find out. And it's, uh, it's a hard journey. It's very much like uh, the mystery journeys where they would take you down into Hades, where you had to meet all these chthonic um, gods. But if you overcame them, you would find immortality. And I think that's what the, at the end of this journey of self-knowledge is that immortality. And there's always a level to get. I don't think there's any ending to this. For example, there's a great revelation that somebody sent me yesterday. And he said, uh, the griff never ends. There's always something to be found. There's the famous oracle at Delphi that says know thyself and he's like well those damn new agers screwed it up again i said what are you talking about it's a beautiful uh saying he says no 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 the original uh translation wasn't know thyself it was know thy place in other words we've been tricked with magic again we've been taught to be you know obedient servants in a case system and i was like well that's really great news because the Oracle of Delphi was for Apollo. Apollo was always the solar god of order and structure and case and this. Hermes steals his sheep in the myths and plays tricks on Apollo. So again, at first I was shocked, but then I was like, uh, at least I know how the grift is. And it's always everywhere. You always have to be so careful. And remember, our minds, Hermes will lead us. What do they say? Hermes will lead the way, but he will lead you astray on a drop. He will trick your mind and drive you crazy for a while, but at least you'll find the answers. And the world is the same way. Again, we, we perceive the world through our ideas.
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really interesting because I've started diving in with the you know common law and the straw man and seeing our true identity, how it really was frauded at uh, our so-called birth, which wasn't the the moment the God spark en- entered in. And uh, so I've been hearing it from a lot of different sources, hearing a lot of common threads and elements, thank God, because, you know, that pattern recognition is working for me, but also finding this other side of Hermes, the the, the trickery and, uh, you know, getting to a point the other night and I literally, I almost lost it. I almost lost my sanity. I haven't been that close to losing my sanity in a, in a long time, not this whole entire pandemic, nothing. And it, there was just so much. And, and I thought the matrix was going to come apart on me. I thought like it was just going to completely fall apart. And and it pushes you to the next level. It's like it took me to that place where I said, OK, I, I can't keep going. I, I can't stand this. I can't tolerate this you know, chaos inside my mind that has no, I need a clear direction. I need to work in one, you know, straight line and get results and and know, and I'm praying to God going, please give me, give me clarity, give me a straight path. God, why are you tricking me? And then it, you know, coming full circle here, just going, yeah, it's so part of it without getting to that place of, it's almost like um, we need to continually come apart. We need to see how our, reality is porous and 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 let the light in because otherwise you become it's almost like you become that straw man you become uh in in uh, in i don't think that's a word but you, i think you get the the word or what i'm what yeah. reading is there so anyway just to illustrate that point it's uh it's a big one and and to to try to get used to it because it's this constant uh you know uh found uh I'm, I'm found, I'm lost. I'm found, I'm lost. I'm found, I'm lost. I'm found, I'm lost. And I love what you say, the real meaning. It's not know thyself, it's know thy place. This is a major revolution, revelation of mine also independently found. It, for the archetypes, for me, it was for years and years about, okay, who are you? You have to know yourself. You have to know your shadows. You know your pitfalls. You know your gifts. There is certain value in that. But it's really in knowing where you are that the the revelations start pouring in so thank you for that yeah i mean uh i think uh our minds are always going to trick us but i think we can trick ourselves by uh becoming artists by cosplaying in our brains and as i i I certainly believe with what philip k dick said uh, the empire never ended Uh, to fight the empire is to become the empire it's to be infected by its derangement and we see politicians all the time right Uh, they're so idealist and whatever once they get voted in they have like a lobotomy or anybody in the elite uh artists and and stuff like that so but we can trick the empire it is possible to uh trick the empire i mean as i uh for some reason i've been on a couple of podcasts talking about that gnostic movie the truman show and i think the truman show is very relevant today because we all feel like we're in a some sort of a weird theater we're on some sort of fake world and we keep looking at 2020s like somebody gonna say cut and put down the walls and (laughs) all right we're gonna do a do-over we're gonna start and uh (laughs) but in, in the in the movie uh truman could not defeat Christoph, the the demiurgic character, but he could trick him. He had to use the same tricks as the powers that be, hiding under the bed, putting a doll, you know, going underground, 
to finally be able to uh, trick the empire. So I think the uh, the idea of Hermes and his trickery and being the patron of actors and magicians uh, really plays into this age. Again, I I feel very much this is the age of Hermes. But what I tell people is like, look, you have to find what do I always say? Write your own gospel, live your own myth. You gotta have you have to find the mythology that works for you and embrace it and use that as a power to fuel your reason and your empathy and your artistry. For example, Jason Reza Georgiani was on the show and he's completely embraced Prometheus, another trickster god, but he's also the god of technology. You could say that same with Hermes. Hermes is in his aspect of Thoth, the Egyptian Thoth. He's a god of technology who gives humans reason and mathematics and all that. Uh, but he feels that the, the myth of Prometheus is going to help him cope and find the answers to uh, find solutions to this world. I have another friend. She feels she needs to get back to her ancestors in Scandinavia, and she's going to try to find more about the god Wotan or Odin. And through that journey of knowing this deity, she will uh, she will find the answers to, again, knowing herself. So find the mythology or the god that you want. And it's also interesting, too, is, again, going back to Hermes, and I should have mentioned, Hermes is also the god of communication. He's the one who taught mankind how to talk. But if you notice, communication is also one of the biggest uh, double-edged swords in the world. We can build so much and connect with other people, but it's but miscommunication can destroy relationships, can tear up countries or tear up countries from within. We see it today. So again, we've got the the shadow and the light side of Hermes playing itself into our culture more than ever. Exactly. So just a couple of uh, reference points for for my sake. That um, so this is also the Roman god of um, of uh, Mercury, right? And so everybody's always saying, "Oh, Mercury retrograde," and so sad. <laughs> my stream won't go, and my yeah, yeah, yeah. you know little technology. things are yeah, technology and communication that that has it. Right, we're in Babylon. We're using these words. The technology is now wanting us or at least wanting me to become one with it so I can get that thing right in my head and I no longer have to interface I I can I can just you know think and and write my book bring like this uh, but but you, you can see it's like a um, uh, seduction, right? And a, a wrong seduction where I mean that's not the direction we're going but yeah yeah the total total double-edged sword. And I also wanted to ask is this the same theme as the seven hermetic laws or is that is that a different uh reference there well yeah i mean hermes was a huge god but so was thoth in the egyptian these are again the gods of reason of uh, communication of the arts of money uh of course again when the shadow side hermes also the god of thieves and and other things and trickery and just uh, shit posting, if you would. But uh, during the, the classic time, the Greco-Roman time, he got fused and he became Hermes Trismegistos. And even in uh, 300 BC, 200 BC, there was all these uh, tractates and writings about Hermes granting inspiration and leading people through the heavens and the underground. And Hermes Trismegistos then became very popular 
in the early Christian or even just as popular in the early Christian time. And he was basically the creator of alchemy, the creator of uh, magic. And of course, the, the emerald tablets of Hermes and so much more. And he was truly an inspiration in the Renaissance with uh, uh, so many thinkers who found uh, his energies and writings to be so uh, mind opening, so uh, inspirational. So Hermes, uh, definitely has had an influence throughout history and of course there's the the famous maxime as above so below that Hermes said which seems to be uh really uh, uh an aphorism that can get people through uh many dark times that can inspire anybody looking for uh, mystic experiences and so forth but yeah all the, all the hermetic works are uh, they're really beautiful very poetic and uh, obviously very occult to some Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. Uh, so uh, No One's Flower, who I just heard from last night. Oh, they're going coming fast. Says Hermes the Thrice Great. Um, the, there's some comparisons to Prometheism as well. And uh, hello to everyone in the uh, in the chat. Hello, Pimp Shirt. He's got lots of profound things to say. I'm sorry I'm not catching everything. Uh, the dark archetype that lives within each individual, it has one goal, to become you and everyone else. Interesting. Interesting. That's, yeah, but, what, boy, I think we could talk about that for a while. Um, but I would love to jump in now and talk about, like you say, it is each, each one is here to create their own mythology, right? Somehow we don't get out of this task at hand. And if you don't create that mythology, it's well, maybe I'll just let you say it. What, why well, is I'd say embrace your mythology because uh, okay. there are the archetypes that live within us, uh, the building blocks of our unconscious. But these archetypes are clothed in, in the mythical images, the symbols and the narrative. I, I always like what Doctor Who said in one episode, our souls are not made of atoms, they're made of stories. That's how we build our souls and are able to keep our souls healthy so these myths uh as some have called it, i think campbell called it uh it's the secret language of the spirit it is the history behind spirit it is that uh those forces that give us a perspective they anchor us to the world but give us a perspective in the cosmos and the myths also help us understand the horror of the cosmos because uh as again as human beings we can put patterns and realize that this life might be meaningless and it's very temporal but myth is what gives meaning to us and fuels us into finding further meaning and uh, being able to experience not just the horror of the universe but the beauty of the universe too so Myth, that's, myths are very important and they, they reside so close to the archetypes of those, both the personal and the collective. It can really help us find our way to our path and to knowing ourselves. I mean, uh, here's an example that might be silly and let me know your thoughts, Beth. You can call me out anytime. We're friends, so I'm not going to. Um, but I remember <clears throat> I was like seven years old. And my, we went to Denver. I was living in Mexico City. And my dad came and said, we're going to go watch a movie called Star Wars. And I was like, Star Wars? What a dumb title. I, th I thought he was going to take, I was like, we can watch these B-70s movies on TV, like Logan's Run. But Star Wars? I mean, are there stars fighting each other? So we went there and there was a long line and I was like, and we couldn't get in. And I was like, well, another long line. I was like, well, what's the deal with this movie? But after, you know, you watch Star Wars without knowing anything about it, 
it was a it was an experience more than actually entertainment and i remember walking out and i looked up at the sky looked up at everything and i said i feel like i'm in a completely different world something has changed reality has changed forever with me and the the archetypal images of the the prince princess leia and darth vader and luke were just flowing through me and i remember with my brothers and i and some friends we played for hours switching roles and finding different versions of this myth because obviously lucas did a very good job tapping into very primordial lit myths and and you know historical context so i think that's how a myth can really help us and each one of us should embrace whatever their personal myth is and what really speaks to them again we are trying to trick our minds we are trying to play hermes with ourselves we're trying to trick reality and we're certainly trying to trick the deep state because it's the only way to it's the only way to defeat it and i mean your book i really enjoyed your book because you take the the reader through these archetypal images in a very uh in a in a very cool way your book i thought was a was an experience to me and obviously as we talked i knew even early on from you and i talking that i needed to get to the alchemist that was the stage i should have been at and obviously the alchemist no surprise it's hermes there you go wow full circle i love that do you think just as a quick aside before we dive in with this mythology that you've uh, uh, reflected, or I guess you're not, you're saying not created, right? You're 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 just adopting. Uh, just to clarify. Well, I'm per obviously I'm personalizing a lot of it, mm -hmm. I mean, but I think it's. Uh, I mean, myths are so fluid. You, you go from different parts of Greece, and in one part Zeus is a good guy, the other part he's a rapist. Uh, these myths are tweaked depending on the culture and the town, and I would say the individual, and these myths work perfectly well with Gnosticism, because obviously in the Gnostic Gospels, uh, the two biggest tricksters are Sophia and Jesus. They're the ones who are sort of changing shapes and moving behind the scenes to defeat the Demiurge and his uh, tyrannical rule of the material world. So that, and obviously Hermes Trismegistos is the great patron for the Hermetics, the pagan Gnostics. So, um, but I mean, if you're, if you're loyal to these mythologies and you go with your gut and how they guide you, then you're not going to end up, you won't even end up betraying any of your old mythologies if you're still somewhat loyal to them. I mean, if you want to stick to the Bible mythology, if that works for you, go ahead. But I think we live in a time where seekers are much more open to expanding these myths and making them more fluid i mean i don't think people can agree whether lucifer is good or bad <laughs> whether the tower of babel myth was good or bad or the nephilim are good or bad we get into these conversations and try to find it and then that's interesting too because it was the nephilim who gave the 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 science the math and the arts to humanity so the nephilim are in a way sort of these hermes promethean figures what's interesting too is they didn't give it to man they gave it to the women so they knew that the women were the ones who should be entrusted with this new wisdom that they would be the carriers of the wisdom and the communication throughout time so that's another little interesting wrinkle that when you find out it's you sort of go aha that puts a new perspective i guess that's find new perspectives of these myths and these stories because you'll end up finding new perspectives of yourself 
one of the things I love is you go through an inner journey, you find new dimensions of yourself you never knew you had before. Sucks when it's like trauma or some sort of horrible shadow that you haven't dealt with it, but at least you can do something about it now. Mm -hmm, exactly. There seems to be something about that, that, uh, that you need to take it in. I, I'm famous for this, I'll say, and thank you very much for the reflection on my book, by the way. Uh, but I will not go out and academically study and take in facts and, you know, memorize facts and memorize mythologies. First, I find them inside myself and I create something out of that. And then I'll just like, oh, is this like relating to anything at all? And more often than not, I'm, I am tapping into something that's both collective, but I'm in a creative place with it. I'm creating it. It's it's actually alive rather than, you know, historically dead looking at something that came from the past. And now I have to dutifully, uh, you know, position this inside my psyche. I, I have I give myself full license to create with it and bring it to life for myself. So that's great. I also wanted to say, do you think the Star Wars theme that you obviously uh, did this creative thing and took in a really good place. But I, I always think about this good versus evil as a major diversion from the maybe maybe there is a, a usefulness around the 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 good versus evil. But I I do also believe that's to 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 blame. You know, is responsible for the the very dualistic the right or wrong thing. Now, having said that, I'm probably going to start stepping into moral relativism. But uh, what, what do you what do you think of, of how they use that to park in people's psyches? Uh, yeah, obviously, and I've talked about this on my podcast and in introductions, I am so against this divide and conquer bullshit. And I think uh, I believe if you really want to lead a happy life, you just got to get rid of your heroes and villains. There are no heroes and villains. Nobody's coming to save you. Trump's not going to come to Biden's not going to your priest. You know, we're grownups. Unfortunately, our parents aren't going to pick us up from the bed. It's just, uh, we are it. We are alone. We need to lean on each other equally. So I would, I advise people to just stop with that sort of duality. I mean, it just doesn't, uh, what it, again, I'm quoting Jung, the devil is eternal dualist, always dividing one into two. And it's working really well, as you can see, by the all the keyboard warriors on the Internet, all the 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 fighting going on the streets and on social media. It's uh, and I'm sure, of course, it's by design. I mean, if I was ruling, if I was an evil tyrant, that's exactly what I wanted. And you read some history that's been happening dividing subsets of people against each other and creating an ideology while you slowly work on your eugenics and hoarding the resources. That's a tale as old as time. I mean, for example, another aha moment I had was, do you, when you read uh, the Odyssey, which is again, one of the great stories, it was basically a holy text in ancient times. Uh, and it's really a story about the soul traveling back home. I mean, Ellen of Troy is just the great symbol of the soul. And uh, you realize, why did this happen? And of course, people tell, well, it was a love story and men fighting over this woman, yada, yada, and Achilles wanted glory. But it does say that Zeus wanted, thought the world was too overpopulated. So he decided to do something. In other words, Thought the the idea of eugenics and population control was already in the gods' playbook thousands and you don't think they've stopped i mean it worked 
So they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And again, this is in the myths. That's what beauty about myths is all these solutions and ideas because they're deep in our unconscious. Now, for the good evil thing, and that's fascinating you brought it up. I, I was having a conversation with a friend and we were talking about the Gnostic dualism because they get accused of being the great dualist. Everything was good and evil and archons here and aeons there. And oh my God, you know, and there were the, you know, history's first conspiracy theorists and they were out of their mind and all this other stuff that we've heard of the caricature that we've heard about the Gnostics. But I think uh, as my friend was doing a play acting of what a Gnostic would look in ancient times and we should look today, uh, they say the Gnostics would were nature haters, which is not true. There were some of the most eco-friendly pacifist movements they were. You can find more compassionate groups towards humans and animals by looking at their behavior throughout history. But if a Gnostic were to walk outside in nature, like right now, they wouldn't say, well, it's there's good and evil, there's light and darkness, there's suffering and compassion, or there's they would be they would hold it all in their heads at once. I think that's the idea of gnosis. You can walk out and you can hold all these opposing ideas at once and balance them out and find some sort of uh well, you make them their, your own, you integrate them, you recognize. You can recognize the suffering of animals as much as you can recognize the grace and empathy of, of, of you know, geese taking care of the goslings. You can recognize uh, the cruelty of humanity as much as you can recognize the, the beauty and artistry and ingenuity of a human. So I think the true idea is to be able to hold the light and darkness in front of you and it's an exercise on holding the light and darkness within you because we are equally, again, if we are Hermes, we are both uh, creators, but we're also destroyers. It's within us and it comes out as different shadow forces. So that's, uh, that's I guess that would be my advice today. Yeah, it's a package deal. You do not get one without the other. And it's a truly humbling thing. So tempting to look out into the world and go, oh, there's the evil somewhere separate from myself. And I'm above that. I'm separate from that. You're projecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100, just say, when I, when I see something I don't like today, I don't care what, I just go, Miguel, you're projecting. Because <laughs> I know if I dig deep, I am going to find this potential, the seed of evil or destruction or anything else. It's just, uh, but people don't want to face themselves today. I've never seen any, nobody, I feel people just do not want to face themselves and look inward less than ever. So again, another reason for people are either hurting because of this, uh, massive arc on play in 2020 or they're just going in complete denial and projecting on the internet and again creating these villains from these other figures that probably were propped up so we could dump all our stuff on them and be distracted for more important things exactly we're, we're trapped in trauma right from birth but especially now you know if you if you allow yourself to tune into many levels even it's not the, the, the truth of the world is traumatizing you too i'm sorry to say that there's a lot of that going on and a lot of a lot of pitfalls but i just also wanted to add that what you're describing in terms of the the uh the you know the good and the evil and and all of those what seem to be opposites and that you flip and you flop and you flip and you flop until the moment when you when you you make the mental 
effort to hold the opposites at the same time, masculine, feminine, whatever it is that seems to be opposing. And you turn into this alchemist and you gain, you, you inherit wholeness, mm -hmm. which is so much greater than just adding one plus one. It's not two. You've got something completely different. You've got a, you've got a marriage, so you've got a baby. And you don't know what that baby's going to look like until they come out. <laughs> that looks like great, yes. Mm, very good. So let's dive in now to the mythology of finding Hermes as you have found it inside yourself and in service to others. The, the true trajectory of the hero's journey, it's not just to slay your own demons and figure out your own stuff and gain wholeness for yourself. It really is about bringing the elixir back to the people. So that's what I, I see you have done. Yeah, I would say so. Again, I, I, I want to bring people more solutions, alternative solutions. I want to let them know that their experiences matter. I want to let them know that there's nothing wrong with them. They haven't, they just haven't gone through the right doors yet. If you go through the right door, uh, whatever issues you think you are or self-perception, it's going to change in there. I mean, you're talking somebody like me who was just a terrible drug addict. I'm still uh, a manic depression. A dip I still have manic depression and doctors say they can't believe I'm functioning because it's so severe. Uh, and I have the same issues that other human beings have, you know, anxiety and security, you know, the human condition, again, creating those patterns, our minds always going in overdrive, always looking for problems to solve. Um, and I've been able to uh, really not even just uh, cope, but thrive with it. I've been able to find out uh, what my, as you say, my sacred duty is, and that's to bring relief, to inspire others. And again, I think in a way to become Hermes, I would like to lead people through doors. In fact, that's another conversation we had. We had a conversation, I think it was in June. And I remember asking you, well, what are you doing this? Uh, or what, what are you saying you're doing, Beth? It's like, and it was very casual. I don't know if it was your higher self. Well, sometimes people have trouble going through doors and I'm just there to help them go through door. You're good. Just give them that and that's that's it makes that's a huge thing to do because uh, we all have so much potential. We all have a uh, a duty to grow, to become whole, to become individuated, and to really inspire others. So again, all we need to do is just go through those doors, go through that inward journey, and find our Hermes. He will guide us there. And again, whoever deity or figure you want to use, I mean, Jesus went down to hell and. He let people out from hell. Jesus could be your psychopomp or guide, you know, whatever, again, mythical archetypal image that works for you, go ahead and use it and have a blast with it and let it energize your soul. I mean, that's what makes us humans too. We are artistic beings. We are cosplaying beings and we are beings who need, uh, I don't want to call it pretend figures, but we need help from uh uh, something higher or inspirational, something we admire. Yes, exactly. And uh, so I'm aware that you have created certain steps to help people go through those doors. Because, you know, when you get stuck in life, it can feel like it's just a wall of stuckness and you can't sort it out. You know, it's something about spirituality, something about the meaning of life, something about maybe your purpose. And, uh, and then going through the door, all it feels like is you are going to hell, right? That's, 
And, and how could you want that? How could you want to go and set yourself on fire and die an ugly death and, you know, become the, the human sacrifice of your own, what feels like your own doing? So would you like to walk us through how you have broken that, this, this door down into some manageable steps? Oh, my God. It really depends on the individual. And it's, that's hard to... Uh... Again, I, I, the last thing I'd ever want to do is do a one-size-fits-all. Probably why, again, Gnosticism was always such a niche thing because it never offered you like a boilerplate, step-by-step how to do it. Everything was tweaked. I think that's what I like about uh, the, as Gary Lockman called, hermit, Hermeticism, the religion of the mind, because uh, we are in the universe, but the universe is in us too. That's what the, the the followers of Hermes always said. There's so much potential, but because it was a Egyptian religiosity, it was very personal. Not only did your, that every person's experience matter, but every person's feelings and past matter, and these had to be tweaked depending on the individual. That's why there was never one big church of Hermes or church of Valentinus or some Christian Gnostic group because it was more broken up in lodges to find out who it is. But I mean, the process is always pretty much uh, the same. I mean, one is to try to see reality for what it is. And that takes uh, a whole bunch of honesty, even before you do any sort of shadow or self work you have to realize that this world is a mess and you have to see the worst parts of the world, the worst parts of our culture and ultimately what a lie our society and civilization is. Like I just said, if the Oracle of Delphi is a big lie too, then what else isn't gonna be a lie? But so what, you gotta, you just gotta forge ahead until you there's nothing else because then you'll have to just lean on yourself and the person next to you. Uh, but then is obviously the inner journey. You People must find the way to do their inner journeys and go into this vast uh, labyrinth that is the unconscious. And there's many ways to do it depending on the individual. Usually I try to talk to people and find out uh, what their cultural background is, uh, what their needs are. And then I try to find uh, Gnostic or Hermetic exercises that... Uh, would fit them. And of course, there's also other traditional ones that I deal with. Again, the idea of finding Hermes is to really have this great library or resource for all the different alternative therapies and healings that can help an individual with addiction, with depression, and help them go on their own inner journey. And I would also say that uh, the days of, I may, I like the days of just, uh, well, I'll just go once a week to church or oh, I'll just go once a week to an A meeting or on Fridays, I'll do a tarot reading or I'll go to acupuncture on Sunday. And it's like, no, think of the chaotic Hermes and the trickster Hermes and the sort of a crazy kid that flies the speed of, that can go the speed of uh, light is uh, you have to get into this frenetic, shamanistic, mercenary, spiritual uh, discipline where you just embrace all these things that some scholars always describe the Gnostics want their spirituality, they called it uh, throwing everything in the kitchen sink because they would be drawing from here and doing this and on five o'clock they'd be at church with the Catholics but then at eight o'clock they'd be doing these secret rituals underneath the catacombs as I would say you have to be in a complete state of uh, you might say tricking yourself because 
what worked before doesn't work and what even works now is going to stop working so you have to keep changing your routines keep tweaking them and keep adopting different ways it's almost like you have to you talk about dying yourself you got to keep reinventing yourself almost every week or every month with different spiritual uh psychological um therapies habits and all that again the the war is not just against the powers out there who want to make you into a sheep, who want you to be disconnected from the greater good, who want you to be in a state of anxiety and fear 24 seven, so that, you're, that you'll eventually just cry uncle and do whatever they tell you for a little safety. Uh, but it's also against uh, your ego that still wants to control the narrative, that still wants to just be the only herald of or the only per the only thing dealing with reality and of course even beyond that there is all of us have shadows we've got complexes we've got trauma we've got a lot going on inside so we always have to be very nimble very flexible and always again reinventing ourselves and moving very fast mm -hmm, mm -hmm. exactly it's a it's a moving target because otherwise it becomes something of a fiction. It doesn't, it, it, it goes out of the living moment and, uh, and turns into a, a, a two-dimensional entity that, that will actually take the life out of you to maintain as a structure rather than staying in that moment. And uh, actually it's a beautiful, since, since we're both have marketing backgrounds and uh, you know, this is a, it's a kind of like even, I might, it might be my hobby if I didn't, uh, you know, need to do this. It might still be my hobby. I think it's fun because then, you know, as, as content marketer, marketers, for example, that uh, anybody who's out there right now, people couldn't just come. You, you, you said all the truth in your first podcast. You, you said it all. You, you, you know, right? Like it was all there in front of you. Everything that people needed to know was there. They, but no, you have done how many hundreds of podcasts? I don't know the number that you're up to. I haven't seen you number them, but uh, you know, it's it, it's no. This is going to happen on a regular basis. I find this as well that you know I'll I'll have a breakthrough of some kind. I'm working, 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 and then the light will go off, and I'm then like I'll jump on a stream and tell everybody about this new new thing that's not new, but it is in that moment it has brought it to life uh, as if new. It's been reborn. Yeah, I mean, the amount of energy and invention and insight that our psyches have is uh, it's a it's a endless well of energy and power. And that's again, the universe is within us. We just have to tap into it for despite all the challenges and dangers. So it's uh, it's incredible. And uh, I'm glad that I've been able to find this. And I'm glad that I am still only at the beginning of the journey that there are still some incredible challenges. I'm not there by any stretch of the imagination, but there's so much more to learn and to experience within myself. I always like to tell people the distance from me to the nearest star is probably the same distance if I go inward to find out who, what my real soul is. But uh, anything else would be sane. <laughs> very good, very good. So we've got a little little disagreement here if it's all right with you to politely disagree we ought to be the best you you can be be yourself truth so that it, it's interesting this is this is the ongoing debate is it not 
Yeah, I mean, what is the best version of yourself, right? Isn't that we want to be the best version of ourselves? I think it's uh, simple, and I don't think uh, any of us have reached that. I think we can always approve ourselves. But uh, how can we be true to ourselves if also 90% of we are is a complete lie? I mean, that's the truth. We've all been programmed deeply and terribly. I mean, from... uh, from well from our governments to our churches to the media to the lies we tell ourselves to uh the what our parents told us what it was our image we are all just not most of us what we are is a complete lie and a complete skin i mean i admit like for example right now i'm moving my hands like that i pro i learned this probably from my dad from watching it just like my children are learning my body motions and, and my habits from me so then I'm like, well, what is the Miguel hand gesture or hand gesture? Or what is the Miguel smile? I mean, basically all that I am is just something that I've copied from other humans or that was implanted in me as a way to survive in our culture. But is there a real Miguel anywhere there? How do I find this true Miguel and be uh, true to myself? I mean, that's the big question. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Part of my process, I think you already know, is around releasing and deprogramming and really playing with who who I think I am. What could I let go of? It's always actually a, a, a shock and a surprise that I can let go of things that I'm very sure are me. And and, and in the process, gain great freedom and awareness and yeah. much more inspiration and go deeper. It's like, is there anything that's truly me? Is it? It's just between me and my God spark as, as far as I can tell. And there's no even between there. no no and uh, again i don't even know i know there's a true miguel in there and i've experienced it maybe it's the totality of everything the whatever programming and whatever uh divine divinity is within me and i'll have to experience it as a totality i have a feeling that's what it is it's a complete totality and then that totality, once I reach it, I'll be able to really experience the totality of Beth and people around me. And I guess at the end, if I can experience the totality of humanity and every animal and any creature, well, then I'll finally become God. But it's not going to be tomorrow or next week. <laughs> Probably a few billion years before I get there. Right. I heard a good line from a teacher one time. It's like, settle in. <laughs> settle in for the work. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to talk about stealing fire from the gods, Prometheus, and how Mm. that has worked its way into your own gospel. Well, I mean, Prometheus is obviously a... um an ancient myth that's very Gnostic. I mean, when people talk about, well, the Gnostics were in the first century, second century, but no, there's evidence that they were earlier. But you look at some of these myths and they are very Gnostic. For example, Plato's allegory of the cave where people are trapped and there's people behind doing the shadows and you escape and you go to the sunlight. Very Gnostic, very matrix. And people never ask, well, who are the jerks who have trapped us and we're watching shadows? probably archons. Uh, It's a false reality, as Plato is saying. Uh, And you find these very, yeah, Gnostic myths out there. And some people say, well, this is a a shift where suddenly humanity is starting to question whether it's the gods or the individual that matters. Prometheus is such a one because he is one of the titans that is actually the creator of humanity. But Zeus very much just wants humans to be their slaves, the chattel. 
and Prometheus completely disagrees. So, and because again, Zeus has given all these cool things to other animals. He gave the lions the claws and the eagle, the wings and all that. Prometheus feels that the that humans need something else beyond their own brains. So he conspires to steal this fire from Olympus. And the word, of course, is techne, which means craft. The fire is a sort of technology. It's a craft. And the fire can mean many things. It can mean artistic inspiration, yeah, the, the, the passion for invention, or actual technology. Again, going back to the Nephilim. So, and what's interesting, what most people know, is that he conspires with Athena. So you've got the goddess of wisdom, plus this sort of logos figure, this reason figure, who's a trickster. You've got, again, Jesus and Sophia, logos and Sophia, working together for the betterment of humanity. So yes, Athena helps him. He goes and he steals fire from the gods. And, of course, Zeus is very angry and ties Prometheus to the rock where the eagle uh, where the eagle eats his liver. Most people don't understand or overlook is that in the myth, the eagle's not a real eagle. He's an automaton, automaton, I can't say, a robot. <laughs> and it's a mechanical being, which is, again, the, high, the idea of how, uh, again, technology, machinery can really destroy us. And even then, why does he take his liver? Because in ancient times, people use the liver to augur and to predict the future. So he's trying to take the idea, the, the ability of Prometheus to prophesy and see into the future. But Prometheus has already made a prophecy that uh, um, there is that some, that he has a prophecy when Zeus will be destroyed, the demiurge, the great uh, symbol for tyranny will be destroyed and we never really find out in the mist, but some assume it's some human down the line. So Prometheus obviously like uh, Hermes, he's a trickster because Hermes also tricks the other gods. He's a bringer of enlightenment. He's a bringer of uh, invention and reason. And he's a, he's a rebel. He is the one that rebels against the established order at any cost to help humanity. And of course, he is very much a martyr figure because he does sacrifice himself to help humanity. He knows once he steals the fire that Zeus is going to uh, is going to kick his ass. So Prometheus is another great um, archetypal symbol for today. I agree. I feel along with Hermes again. These trickster gods, I think, are very useful, like Quetzalcoatl, Coyote, and some others, especially in these times when we've realized. I hope humanity realized that, if anything, 2020 has shown us that the joke is on us. They've been playing a terrible joke on us from high up, and it's time we played a joke back on them. Mm -hmm. Nicely said. I love that. Uh, yeah, I've heard it compared to a leviathan that is uh, very big and yet very dumb at the same time. So it is it is possible to, because we have the fire of, uh, of awareness and consciousness and a living, breathing soul. And, and if, you, if you hone your skills and you work it, you can begin to find your way through and around the Leviathan. And it's like, aha, I'm over here. No, I'm over here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beautiful. I, I love the point also about 
um, in the automaton eating the liver of Prometheus and how symbolic that is and how we're in that exact situation of, of the automaton, the AI eating right. our, our liver, our liver, right? That is, that is the heart. And people, people actually, you know, point to the heart as the thing that keeps you alive, but it's really the liver that is so central. I mean, of course, everything is important. I think you can't uh, live without either of those important organs. Oh, we men, we can live without our brains. Oh, <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I was just listening to one of Rose 777's guests this morning. I don't remember his name offhand, but he was saying how, you know, everybody's desiring to be in this uh, encasement and there's God the protector and we're all like cozy and warm inside yeah. the firmament. And he's like, no, no, it's your 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 soft, uh, squishy, warm brain is 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 in the dome of your head. You're, you, yeah. you, you've got you, you've got this skull and you've got the, all the protection that you need yeah. for that soft brain. So that's very much yeah i also like what did i hear recently that men say an average of fifteen thousand words a day and women say an average of thirty thousand words a day wow. of course the argument is because we don't men don't listen so you have to repeat yourselves <laughs> there you go that's so fun that's so fun yeah that's that's a big topic of its own uh, definitely i would also love to talk about plato's cave and what that mythology represents and why we need to escape from it potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as, uh, as I was talking about the Truman show, the matrix, we are definitely, I mean, if people still don't understand that, then they can just be in denial all they want, but we're definitely living in a, a false fabricated reality. I mean, there's no, uh, it's consent It's 2020 is teaching us that consensus reality is very malleable, very flexible that everything that they've told us is is mostly a lie that we are more than we are being told no matter how much they tell us how little we are so it's a great sort of matrix that plato did back then and um, what's interesting even in the the myth of the demiurge is found in plato but in the even in his myth he talks about how the demiurge forms the world but in his myth, the Demiurge then takes off and he leaves the universe up to these young gods. And some of these young gods are obviously Zeus. So again, we, this, this myth certainly is very parallel to the Gnostic myth, but also the Book of Enoch myth, where, or even the letters of Paul, where the god himself is sort of left, or he's above, and he's leaving the underlings to manage it. And we've been fooled to worship these underlings who we think are the real gods like Zeus or these angels, the watchers or others. And I think, uh, and in Plato's cave, again, we think that those people behind us doing the shadows must be the real gods or they must have something benign for us or it's just the way the order of the universe is, but it's a lie. I think our destiny is to break away, to break open and to go into the, the sunlight and the allegory, which is just, the real world or the world where we see things fully again. We see things as they are. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I love the word escape because we have found ourselves in such a web. We are, um, you know, caught in this thing. And, and, and since... 
2020 started and all the narrative around the pandemic began, the, the narrative has changed day by day by day. I mean, the, the basic thing like wear a mask and social distance and all that BS has stayed fairly consistent, sort of though, right? Because I just saw two clips, Fauci was going, oh yeah, a mask will never help you. Don't, you know, masks are for surgeons and for sick people. And, and then in the next clip, he's like, everybody must wear a mask. This is really... So they're showing us how ridiculous the whole situation is. They're showing us that this, this uh, web that has been weaved is not our home. It's not our, our true destination and that we must escape. We must extricate ourselves and get out of that straitjacket in order to uh, gain our freedom. And um, so what is it specifically about the cave of Plato? What, what is the, the symbol there? Well, it's obviously a, a world of shadows, a false reality, a construct that we're trapped in and we're being these shadows. We assume that is reality, but we're just robbing ourselves from something far more authentic and beautiful and rewarding. So um, that's that's yeah, that's pretty much it. It's amazing what an enduring story it is. And again, if these myths like Prometheus or uh, or the, the allegory of the cave are still with us is because they are part of us and they are very relevant. They are, they are forever relevant because reality is reality. Human beings aren't going to stop being human beings. I mean, I like what, uh, what did Aristotle say that he trusts the artist more than the historian to understand history because the artist deals with universals. He sees the holistic picture and why things went they were. As Mark Twain said, history never repeats, but it certainly rhymes. So uh, these <laughs> things are always there. I think the other one, and I'm actually doing an interview next week with a guest who uh, has actually done an expedition to Atlantis, but Atlantis has been on my head a lot and guests keep bringing it. I'm like, I need to follow that sink more. Now I'm not in some sort of genius because obviously when you look at the myth of Atlantis, it's pretty relevant today. I mean, humanity had all these gifts, all this power, everything he wanted and he just screwed it up because again, we, we went crazy, again, going beginning to our interview. We're the only animal who will go crazy. We will do, we will be dysfunctional, self-destructive. We will screw others over. We will screw something so good. We will destroy Atlantis right in front of us because we allowed the shadow side of Hermes to take over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. And so how do you actually face the Archons? How do you come head to head, especially this day and this age, we're, we're, we are dealing with that psychopathic element that, uh, you know, often a now, now turning into the AI, the soulless, the faceless, the nameless, the corporation, the dead thing. How do you face that, especially in these days? Well, I mean, it, no pressure. Yeah. I'm sorry. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. I mean, obviously, yeah, there's no silver bullet or else I'd be very rich. I'd become an archon after I sold it and made millions of dollars. Uh, obviously, 
it has to do with again you have the answers as corny it is are, are within you you have to find what's within you the answers because your duty and your role will be very different than somebody else and when you are called to be a hero will be very different than somebody else so you have to have a dialogue with the psyche you have to understand what your role is what your soul wants of you or the gods and once you understand that then everything will be very clear and you will know what your what your role is what the perspective of your brothers and sisters are and you'll be able to move ahead and that steals a lot of energy from the empire as i like to say i mean right now i would say, <clears throat> tell people as human beings we certainly are meant to be connected with others we are meant to be social I'm very much into the idea of the egregores, that when we human beings get together, we create these psychic uh, maybe forces or beings or entities, or you can even say force fields that help us. And those uh, egregores are being stolen and replaced by the mechanical egregores, the eagle of Zeus, as you say, AI, where it seems like we don't have the choice to go to church or I can't go to AA meetings. People can't uh, really connect, which is an essence of what being a human being is. I can't change what human beings are. Mm -hmm. And without this ability of egregores, we can't, uh, uh, the psychic collective damage is going to be much worse. So I would say uh, right now, go outside and hang out with some people and connect with them. But uh, at the end of the day, still, you got to have a dialogue with the psyche. I mean, for me, something is seemingly small as a dream journal, doing the I Ching every morning, uh, talking to a therapist. Again, I have my whole day is just, you know, some weird spiritual play, some say play acting, I don't care. And I would also tell people, don't be too worried about results. Be don't see it as a result based, see it as an experience based. I mean, I always like what again Carl Jung said that these symbols, these myths, these answers that you might get from tarot or some other prophecy, they're not meant to be deciphered. You have to experience them in that sort of uh, uh, voiceless communication with your soul that you experience. That's when the answers are, and you might not even know that the answer sometimes. Sometimes I've changed in life and I don't even know I've changed. It's only way after I go, oh, wait, I was I am a completely different person and I can handle this situation better and I can see things better. So that, that would be some of the advice uh, I would have for people today. Right now, talk to me tomorrow. Maybe Hermes will have something different. But, uh, <laughs> these are perilous times. I would not be playing around. These are... Uh, this is definitely a, as I say, it's the worst time to be alive, but it's the worst time to be alive, but it's the best time to be awake because everything is revealing itself and your own inner world. It's time for it to reveal your inner world to yourself too. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love that. Is there anything else before we start to close the, the show here that you'd like to talk about that? Like for example, the emerald tablet, that would be one, that would be one if uh, you can shed some light on what that is. No, I mean there's so many there's so many writings that are attributed to Hermes. 
obviously most people when they talk about the writings of Hermes they're talking about the Corpus Hermeticum the Emerald Tablets uh, the Nag Hammadi Library has a Hermetic uh, tract in it so that's what they're talking the sort of speculative philosophical ideas of Hermes and how the soul can get back home which is really probably the central message of Hermeticism is uh, you can go home that's what we want to do. Your soul belongs like Helen of Troy in a different place that is home. And I always like the saying, uh, the Egyptian writer who said, uh, how do you know your home when all your attempts to escape cease? And I think each one of us is trying to get out of Plato's cave uh, one way or another, subconsciously or, or, or consciously. But um I would say read those, and uh, there's so much, there's a huge body of work from ancient Egyptian times on Hermes. You would, uh, yeah, you could take a lifetime learning this stuff. Amazing, amazing, so good. Well, I think uh, lots of the comments in the chat, sorry, haven't been uh, paying so much attention. I need my whole entire brain to listen to Miguel and really get <laughs> the, the depth of it but I'm going to probably stay on for uh, at least a few minutes after Miguel, if you have to go, but I would love people to know how to find your work, how to take you up on, uh, for, for sure, of course, the, the Ion Bite Nasty Radio episodes. And also I know you, if for those that want to go deeper into these mythologies in a personal way to approach healing, to approach recovery, how do they take you up on that? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've just released Finding Hermes as a podcast. Again, uh, alternative spiritualities and therapies to help you lead through do to, through different doors to help with addiction, mental illness. And I've got the third one coming out next week. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, part of this is the program where we meet as a group in private. One, to sort of learn about Gnosticism and share our ideas. And the other one is where we work on different sort of uh, uh, therapies, magical practices, spiritual practices that are loyal to the ancient Gnostics and the Hermetics, and also share our ideas, what works for us. What, and uh, again, sort of a, a, a support group that is very loyal to very much the lodges of uh, Alexandrian Egypt, when the Gnostics and the Hermetics would meet in small groups and share the secret knowledge while the tyrannical Roman empire was basically destroying the world. So I would tell them just go to the God above God cam, my website, and there's uh, information on how, if you want to join the group or there's other ways to access the show, but I've got books, social media articles, a whole bunch of uh, content there. If anybody's interested. Very good. So that's the God above God.com that you can uh, go and find and access all of these opportunities to uh, to first listen in, but then also to participate and go deeper and uh, take this on, not just as an observer, but as a true practitioner and uh, uh, technician in the workings through of the... Yeah, I mean, last yeah, last week we I, I did a presentation where I showed the, the Finding Hermes group how the Gnostics and the Hermetics used to use these special chants and vowel prayers and meditations to calm themselves and go into an altered state of mind. And uh, the group uh, really liked it. I mean, I know it's uh, Zoom. I think uh, one day we'll work on physical meetings. But uh, again, I'm trying to offer these alternative uh, solutions 
that the world has forgotten and are probably more needed than ever as uh, again our traditional ways of of healing of therapy of politics of anything is failing completely as we see in this year and it's only going to get worse in 2021. Mm -hmm. i'm reminded of the sanskrit word satsang which you might be familiar with and it's uh it translates into sat being truth uh, or mm -hmm. existence and then sung being the company of or or the limb of as if we're all connected and and that's truly what it is because now is the time to connect with a vengeance and not just randomly either, right? It's not just, oh, I'm going to go and talk to this person about that and this, but but it's the connection for the sake of the truth and knowing who and uh, for sure where you are in this whole scheme of things, the hero's journey and, uh, and the trajectory of your own soul's journey. So thank you very much, Miguel. I know you have also seven books out there, so people definitely go and uh, check those out on Miguel's website and take him up on uh, finding Hermes because honestly, when you find a, a guide that's willing to put themselves out to be the, um, you know, you, you never claim to be anybody's leader or savior or anything like that. You're you're guiding them right into their own truth inside themselves, not claiming to have all the answers, but claiming to be a, a you know, you're, a, you're a mentor. You you can walk with someone because you've been to Hades and you've come back and you know that you didn't die, <laughs> and that you can help other people go through all the way to the other side of hell as well. Yeah, and eventually you'll be leading others, we'll be leading others through doors and we'll open up the whole thing. Exactly. That's why the, the last step of the hero's journey and the whole 12 steps of AA is about turning around to help the other bring exactly. that elixir back. It's, it is not the hero's journey without that element. doesn't matter how many demons you slay on the path. Agreed. So what an enormous pleasure this has been, Miguel. A little bit long time in the coming. We've thought of it many months ago, and uh, I'm glad we're here now. The time was right. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, have a beautiful rest of your day. As I said, I'm going to stay on for a few minutes at least and see what amazing gems have come through the, the chat. Thank you, everyone, for joining in with this conversation. And have a beautiful rest of your day, Miguel. All right. Thank you, Beth. Talk to you soon. Right. Great. Bye. Bye for now. Alrighty, well, how amazingly beautiful was that? I totally, totally loved it. And uh, again, apologies that I wasn't able to be in the chat very much. It takes my entire focus and concentration to hear Miguel and and get everything out of what he's saying because it's so rich. Every every word seems to have a lot of meaning. So, uh, uh, hello to I'll go backwards in the chats uh, now. I totally can't pronounce your name. But he says, bless equals 13 less equals lightless. Hmm, interesting. If you want to say more about that and uh, let us know, I have no idea what that, that means. And uh, thank you, Sue Finelli. Nice to see you. And Reperception, I'm glad you, I'm glad you guys were both here for this. It was, uh, it was epic for me. And uh, Lionel Corbett, Pimp Jerk, is saying, thank you for this beautiful experience. My great pleasure. Astral Thief said, we made our blueprint before we were born for this experience in this exact timeline, in my honest opinion. Sounds amazing to me. I love the word blueprint because it's pointing to that, which is it. you need to build. That blueprint is really nothing on its own. It's never going to house you or keep you warm. 
but the blueprint without it, you don't have that basic thing to follow. You don't have the map of the journey. And so that's why I talk about archetypes a lot and the hero's journey, because it gives us that exact blueprint. Thank you for that. Uh, yes, life is an individual experience coming together to uh, to see how we're actually all having more or less the same experience, <laughs> which is God's joke as well. Uh, Reperception said, I will show no mercy on those who choose bad over good by trapping by tapping into even harder truth, wisdom, and even if it's called upon trickery to help promote my energy and intent. Interesting. I uh, I don't totally understand. I will show no mercy. I'm not sure what you're what you're referring to there, but it uh, it sounds very deep. And feel free to say more if if you can about that. Uh, Peter Birdsell said, "How can any of you talk as Atlantis was a good thing? That is as it is the problem, not the answer. Golden age, new all new new age, all oldest sin." Right. So there are many perspectives on that. Exactly. You can take it in organically and make it something that's useful to you. That's what I've noticed. I've been able to take things that are not good and make good on them. That's what I've always done. I, you know, I was sick with cancer and then it was time to make good on it and uh, make it something beautiful and meaningful in my life that was not only going to serve me, but also serve people in my life. Um, reality equals real entities. That's very fascinating. Wow. made brought out some really deep stuff here, you guys. Um, so then it blocks reality. We're not sure what was that referring to. And we will see that glorious day. It's the revelation of the meth method, the trickster phenomena. <clears throat> the trickster is amazing to me that the trickster I position as inside my uh, alchemist archetype, but uh, you can easily break that out as well, but that this is a kind of magic to be in a trickster place, to be um, sometimes demonstrating how not to be. <laughs> I know some people feel it, like especially my close family circle that uh, is not so close anymore, but they're they're looking me at at me as an example of how how not to be that I'm I'm displaying exactly wrong behavior so they can all use me as a benchmark for right behavior. And uh, it was 11.11 apparently somewhere. That's good. Uh, how do we get here? Said, if you are loyal to God, you will be saved. If not, maybe you won't be saved. Maybe you will still will, but maybe it doesn't even matter. Yeah, so, so that's part of why we're stuck in the pickle that we are. We are looking for the Savior. And that is something that is uh, ne never in a million years going to come. The, the, we, we are that. We are the, uh, the ones we've been waiting for. You will find your truth within yourself. No one is going to save you. That's the, that's the child archetype, the shadow of it, hoping against hope that someone is going to pick up the pieces for us when we fall. And uh, it really does come down to us. And that's what growing up and going on your hero's journey is all about. So we live in a thing that blocks out the beautiful truth of our being. We were born into it. And uh, yes, it is there so that we can see through the veil. If it weren't there, then we would never 
see the power of our seeing. And the crowning virus, yes, that's a really important thing to remember. I, I was early on noticing this uh, corona crown virus and who wears the crown? It's the king. It is the, the king hero. And uh, the, the king is being uh, actively dethroned to the extent that people are allowing it. The strong men in, this, in society are going down on the one hand, but thanks to people like Miguel, we are also seeing a strong return of the king, right? Thanks to coronavirus, he is now at a completely new level of offering in his work, not only doing his podcasts, but now also doing a royal handhold with people to walk through the doors that they can't quite get through on their own, or they can't get through fast enough, right? They can get there. So again, Miguel is not the savior. I'm not the savior. We, we are mentors and the hero's journey has mentors on the path because you're going to find yourself in a puddle on the floor. You won't be able to move forward. And someone's just going to give you the little breadcrumb, the, the, the piece of mythology or the, the piece of the archetype or the little bit of wisdom that you need to go like, oh yeah, I'm alive. I'm an organic living, breathing soul. I am not a straw man. I am not fictional. I am real and here right now. Interesting. Hello, Zero Infinity has been here. Our crown protects us. Of course it does. And it's also the, the crown is the very connection to the oneness, to that state of being of wholeness where we come together. We're no longer separate bits and pieces and we get to inherit this beautiful state of, uh, of consciousness. And so we are out there already. Yes, we certainly are. And thank you, Astral Thief. I'm glad you enjoyed this. It was a, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful experience for me as well. Still is. I'm, I'm glad you guys are still here. Mark Bloom was here. Excellent. And he says, I think gods represent aspects of nature, archetypes with encoded ideas to pass knowledge from generation to generation. Exactly. And it becomes that living mythology that has to be passed down. There was a time where you couldn't write all of this stuff down. Now, I was actually going to say this to Miguel, but um, the, the, the Library of Alexandria is burning again. Day by day, we are seeing how uh, Google no longer will give you a search. If you don't know what you're looking for, it's only going to lead you to that which it's already pre-programmed for you to know. So um, this, this is turning into a living mythology. We need to take this in our own hands and tell these stories, talk about these archetypes and bring them to life in our daily existence and interaction with people. Uh, Peter said, Jin are soulless fire spirits. The genie, the genius, ooh, interesting, equals occult right, yoking to the demons for forbidden knowledge that destroys creation. And just before I forget, I was going to talk about daemons, and I believe it's the same thing as egregore, just in, in, in my understanding, that when two or more people come together, they do create a soul. They create an entity that is not just the one plus one or however many people are there. It is greater than the sum of the parts, and it has a life of its own. So a group gets together and... God knows by what mechanism this, uh, what technology that this gets created, but people coming together can create something that 
will sustain beyond the endurance level of the individual. So that's why it is time to get into, and not these little cohorts, like it's fascinating how they're creating cohorts right now in schools, in concerts or wherever, public places where they, they you know, yoke you out of, of the, the greater uh, egregore, if I'm using that word correctly, they, they yoke you out and, and stick you in with your cohort and you cannot cross-pollinate with other co cohorts and you can't get new knowledge. You're, you're stuck in your, your cohort uh, with that one soul to move forward into infinity. Well, it's a lie. You can certainly uh, do better than that. And what we are doing here today is creating a, a uh, beautiful egregore around gnosis and, uh, and the awakening that comes of it. So, hello, uh, Pimp Jerk again. Your name is very fascinating. I'm curious what, it was even hard to post any of your comments to tell you the truth with your name, but I'm sure you have some kind of deep meaning about that because you're making deep, meaningful comments. And he says, Prometheus created humans in his own image. Interesting. Interesting. So fire represents usable energy. I like that. <clears throat> Prometheus stole hope, not the fire of knowledge, not the fire of knowledge equals Satan lies. Interesting. So it's a little bit of a spin there. So he stole hope, not the fire of knowledge. Interesting. Hmm. Love to say more about that. All of these comments could be their own uh, whole stream of its own. So it's lovely inspiration. One creation, many realms, one creator. Hmm. Beautiful. I love that. Gods are just lying, dogs crafting to steal our maker's shine. <clears throat> Very good. You guys, Peter, Peter Birdsall, you should have your own podcast if you don't already. And uh, God equals unknowable. Very good. How beautiful. Wow. Goes on and on here. Mark Bloom said, once you realize the lie, it's hard to fall for that same lie again. There's a positive way of looking at an unfortunate situation. Chip away at the self-falsehood piece by piece. Amen to that. Peter again said, "You are the more honest you are with yourself, the more you will know yourself. Also pray to our one and only maker for discernment. That's it. Praying for guidance. Oh my God, I was on my knees and crying last night and praying for guidance. Uh, because it was coming through, <laughs> just the memory that it's always there, that you can always turn to the creator for that guidance that you need. You don't need to look out and find a savior and see somebody who's going to guide you through uh, to the um, to the other side of hell, the other side of Hades. And uh, so, yes, you are the constant recipient of guidance and it's coming through as your own voice. Uh, by the way, do not forget, I believe it's October 8th. Oh my God, I just got a, me me a message from the government. They broke into my phone and said, uh, download the COVID alert app to stop the, the spread of the virus now available in the app store. Fascinating. They broke into my text and uh, are telling me what to do now in my own uh, phone here. So that's not surprising. I'm not shocked, but uh, it is definitely an assault to um, my sovereignty. 
which can't actually be touched. So it turns out actually it's a big fat nothing. There you go. There you go. Great. Well, I'm now I'm missing the the the, the current comments. Oh, Dreams Child says she loves me. I love you too, Dixie. I saw you were on the stream yesterday with with Dean. Thank you as well for being there. And I forgot I was going almost going to message you in the middle of the night. So I saw you there. I saw you. <laughs> Uh, so pimp jerk is a dance, meaning you do your own dance. Fascinating. Yep. I've been feeling like I'm dancing a lot lately. There's been, there's been a lot of this kind of, uh, what, what was the phrase that came to me last night that, uh, I can't remember right now, but it was like just dancing with, you know, it, it is a dance. We have to do a very sophisticated, beautiful dance in a way. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to dance like this, but here we are. And, Yes, you do your own dance. Absolutely. So um, interesting read. The king as a man, Gregory Hallett is claiming he is the rightful king and is claiming the throne in England. Queen Liz seems to be a wall from the Buck Palace, which is apparently boarded up. Oh, fascinating, boarded up. It's, it's hard. It's impossible to tell, unfortunately, without going there. And now we really can't travel anywhere. Although I think people had been traveling. I don't know what the deal is right now. Now we can't travel between our own provinces in Canada. Somebody was going to come and visit me. They, they're they not going to be able to leave Ontario. They can't go to Quebec. They can't go to Manitoba. Kevin Annette was coming from BC and I have heard he's got stuck at the, the BC-Alberta border. Can it get any more obvious that we have been taken over by a communist regime? right? It, 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 if it's not obvious to people, it's unbelievable. October 8th. Thank you, Kelly. Happy Thank you. I totally got sidetracked there because the government invaded my phone. So October 8th is an interview with, let me just confirm the date before I say it. <clears throat> Damn, it's not. Uh, okay, 7th. Yay. So it's not October 8th. Let's take that down. It is October 7th. Maybe I'll make a my own comment here. October 7th is when Jacob Lieberman, Dr. Jacob Lieberman, who is an ophthalmologist on the one hand, but a uh, very um, beautiful, amazing writer. He, this man is full of truth. It is a, uh, you know, he's another one that I will turn to in a, a raw moment or a moment of feeling lost. And, and somebody sent that to me a, a couple of weeks ago already, or 10 days or something, just sent me something, you know, people are sending me stuff all day long. And I, I'm sorry, I can't look at everything. I, I apologize. I can't look at everything. It helps a lot if you tell me why you're sending it to me. Do you want me to look and see if it's valid? Do you, are you trying to say this is something that you need to adopt and, and be aware of? Are you questioning it? Or how, why are you showing it to me? Please, please drop me a line. Don't just hit the send to Beth button. Uh, if possible, because I might not look into it. The the, the moments in in the day are are um, uh, you know they're finite. There's there's a certain amount of time to to watch videos and uh, and look at content and stuff. So tell me why you're sending it to me. So on uh, on October seventh, it's going to be one p.m. Uh, yeah, one p.m on October 7th, and uh, I'm going to be interviewing Jacob Lieberman, who is the author of A Luminous Life. If you haven't read that book or heard that book, it's actually a really good listen as well, then I highly recommend going to get that in preparation for this for this uh, interview. 
although if you don't read it, you won't feel lost. And uh, so I, when, I, when I was listening to this, what somebody sent me, I had this incredible just bust through, breakthrough. I can't even remember where I was stuck. I was hanging upside down, trying to just stretch and move my body. And I'm hanging upside down. And all of a sudden, it was like, this whole big tsunami comes rolling out of me. And I just started to bawl based on one thing that Jacob said. And it's like, I knew immediately I needed to get him back on my stream. There is an interview with him here already. It was beautiful. I'm still very much catching up with the things that he shared with me. He had a, a, a very big awakening. And uh, while he was quiet and inward turning and with eyes closed, uh, he, he had a, a major breakthrough. And when he opened his eyes, he went from being um, legally blind to being able to see again. That's why he became an ophthalmologist in the first place, so he could understand why he was losing his sight. And, uh, and so he immediately went to his office to see, to test his eyes and see what had changed. Oh my God, he could see. And nothing had physically changed. His eyes were the same eyes. And it started to awaken him to the fact of light, what light actually is and what seeing actually is. And it's been a, a, a huge influence to me. I no longer wear sunglasses. I at all costs will get myself out into the sunshine so my eyes can see the sun and be fed by this direct light that is coming from the source. So please stay tuned. October 7th, 1 p.m. Central Time. The um, the uh, It's already up here in, in my YouTube if you can find it and I'll be sharing lots about that as well. So very good. Well, I think I'm getting down to the end of uh, Hello Misty Fault with our upside down smile. <laughs> Bogey Caddy, I'm not sure what you're feeling sad about. Did I miss something here? Uh, Marcus said, I saw Randy Andy. You guys might be having a conversation I'm not part of. That's all right. And uh, provincial travel. Yes, uh, it is new, apparently, Dixie. It is, it is new. Yep, I know. Yep, because my girlfriend was going to come here and visit me for a week and she cannot leave her province. I don't know what it's particularly like, say, between Manitoba and Saskatchewan, if they've closed that border, but I do know BC, Alberta, um, um, Ontario, Quebec, and Ontario, Manitoba are closed. In order to close a border, I can't. I don't know what it looks like, but in, in order to close it, they must have had to, to actually, like, um, re yeah, not resurrect, but uh, to erect some kind of structure because we don't have any borders. We have a sign, welcome to Manitoba, welcome to Ontario. It's just a sign. You just keep driving. And maybe there is an information uh, building of some kind, but there's no border, right? Like we don't have that. It's not like when you get to the US and it's all it's all gated up and, and then there's the, the, the barrier and the, the thing that lifts or, and won't let you go through. It's not like that. They, did they build that that infrastructure now to keep us chained inside our own provinces. So if there's any illusion, how strong does the illusion need to get? So anyway, there's my rant and my rave, and uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I would love if you shared this, by the way. I would absolutely love if you had a chance to share it to your personal pages or wherever you like to spread the good word because people need inspiration. They need to come alive. They need to take their hero's journey. They need to go into 
uh, and uh, escape from Plato's cave and steal the fire and uh, tap into the deep wisdom and trickery of Hermes. That was honestly so, so pleasurable for me to be part of. So uh, hello, Mike New, glad you could catch me while you're at work too. And uh, it's so wrong on so many levels to not be able to travel between provinces. I know, I know. I don't, you know, I could be wrong, but that's what, what I heard. And I know a lot of new so-called like orders, they're calling them orders. Well, actually they are not any closer to law, land, air, and water uh, than the mandates were. It's just another smoke and mirror kind of bullshit thing coming at us that, you know, it's no different. I, I've been going to my local stores that I like and they're not treating me any differently. They're not forcing me to wear a mask. And, um, you know, so every, yes, everybody is, is wearing a mask for the most part, but, uh, oh my God. So, uh, system failure, uh, also wants to go to Canada so he can't enter. I don't know, like, don't, don't, maybe don't listen to me as the authority on that. So it, this is hearsay from a girlfriend last night who, who was looking into traveling. So I just want you to know that um, you should go to official sources to see what that what that is. But uh, yes, it'd be amazing if system failure came to Canada and uh, and was able to visit. I also want to go to Flattoberfest and we are not allowed in the US <clears throat> as it stands. I would have to pull a, uh, a hermetic uh, bit of trickery in order to do that. And I'm not really up for it at the moment, although I would love, I would love to. I will be very much there in spirit with them. All right, my dears, I'm here in spirit with you. I love you very much. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being yourself and, and following your sacred purpose. That is what the earth needs. Join me at bethmartins.com so that we're not locked into this YouTube format. And uh, if they pull the rug out from underneath me on YouTube and Facebook, that uh, we are still connected at my website. If you sign up to do a King Hero's Journey archetype quiz or the Merpreneur archetype quiz, then we will be connected and you'll be able to hear about things that are coming up. I'm going to be hosting a Find Your Sacred Purpose course in late October. So I would uh, just let you know about that now that it's about four weeks out and I'm just planting the seed. If you would like to find your sacred purpose, because you know that is the key to your own ultimate freedom and the freedom of those that you would be on your heroic journey with. Sacred purpose doesn't exist without that intention to help others and serve others. So feel free to put your hand up either in the chat here or leave me a comment below the, the video. It's actually better than the chat to tell you the truth or email me. I'll Put up my email address. It is, let's see, I got too many banners. There it is, beth at bethmartins.com. Please uh, forgive me if it takes a day or even two to get to the emails that are coming kind of fast right now, but I love hearing from you. I absolutely love hearing from you. If you have any tips about, uh, if you happen to know a king hero and uh, not just know of them, because it's good to know of them. Oh, yes, and and Monday, good, I didn't forget, Monday, I'm hosting David Whitehead. Did I get his name right? Yeah, David Whitehead, who is the host of his own amazing podcast. I've been listening to him, and I have so much of a sense of kinship with that man. He's another Canadian. 
I believe he's in Alberta. So we'll have a chance to talk to somebody else with another Canadian perspective. Hello, Malcolm. Nice to see you. I was actually really wondering if you were going to be on the, the stream today. That's good. So uh, yes, tune in on Monday for David Whitehead, Monday the 5th. So both Monday the, the 5th, uh, Wednesday the 7th, and then on the 8th, I'm also going to be interviewing Sonia Barrett, who has been hosting me. I'll be on her show again on this coming Monday. So lots of shows going on. Monday with David Whitehead, Wednesday with uh, Dr. Jacob Lieberman. That's going to be uh, epic as well. And then on the 8th is going to be Sonia Barrett. All right. So sending you a lot of love as well. Thank you very much for that, Pimpchurk. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Kelly F.E., for all that love on a, a regular, continuous basis. You never get tired of sending me love, and I never get tired of returning it back to you. Thank you so much.